Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are getting Grace Apologetics from. According to my analysis, I haven't done an episode since April. Which, in honesty, is... A very long time in the world of podcast land. Um, I don't really enjoy. I don't really enjoy. I don't really enjoy leaving. Without telling you, my audience. I don't really like leaving without telling my audience that I'm going to go on hiatus. But for the most part, for the most part, it happens because of a number of factors that I don't foresee, or that I try to prevent, but, um, but ultimately just kill off everything and throw my projects of course of the course of the course of course that's what i mean it sounded like i said of course i don't really enunciate my letters maybe i do maybe i don't i don't know but in honesty Instead of talking to you as Grace Apologetics, I'd like to talk to you as Victor, the person behind Grace Apologetics. Just a real discussion. Yeah. I've been having a hard time of late. Life has been a little bit hard. And it's... A lot has been weighing on my mind. A lot has been weighing on has been weighing on my mind to the point that I have felt to come to a place where I can give a sound teaching. And I know that the Bible says be ready in and out of season, but <laughs> sometimes your sometimes um your mental health is important. And as somebody who seems to walk his life in shackles, my mental health or my mind has been super, super stressed that I felt I needed a break. This won't include any wacky voices. Hopefully, the wacky voices will come in time. Maybe it will include some wacky voices. Because I enjoy playing characters here on my podcast. But it's just going to be me. Unfiltered and censored naked. As naked as I can be.
Um, since I lost my dad to COVID, I don't think that I have been the same person. At least I don't feel like I have been the same person. I feel I have become weaker in the sense that in the sense that I have been beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten that I feel I have no fight left in me. I think the Joker from Batman put it best saying that what doesn't kill what doesn't kill you makes you stranger and not stronger. And that's what I feel I have become. Um to be honest, if uh, my dad died under normal circumstances, maybe I would have been able to move on. But it's the death that keeps on coming back. In the sense that um you learn that the person that you looked up to isn't the person that you thought he was. And for the Christian world, I feel the best comparison I can give is Ravi Zacharias. Now, I remember how Ravi came into my life. Um, Ravi Ravi was answering why is there evil in the world? And he said, and luckily I was going for evangelism the following um, few hours later. And he said that um, he said something along these lines that um, if and this is me paraphrasing, of, of obviously. I haven't gone back. I haven't listened or heard Ravi Zacharias' voice since the allegations came out against him. Um, he said that um, with robots, and this is paraphrasing again, with robots, there is no such thing as true love. And so if God wanted us to love him, he would also have to give us the opportunity to reject him. That's the way I understood that. And that's the way I understood it. And in honesty, I thought that was mind-blowing because then um, the only other person that I found who was making sense of the Bible outside of the Bible was Chuck Nisla, who, um, helped, me, who helped me with my understanding of Genesis as to how to reconcile six billion years with six days. Um, and it wasn't these spiritual, spiritual answers that could be easily dis... Sorry. These spiritual, spiritual answers that could easily be... That could easily be thought away of or done away with. But it was like, oh... That's a logical answer to a spiritual question. And that's where my journey with Ravi began. And in honesty, it was it was a beautiful, beautiful 
thing to listen to Ravi's answers. Hearing him say things like, um, hearing him answer homosexuality and he talks about um, autonomy and all that stuff in line with his answer regarding homosexuality, saying that if we are autonomous, then why would you want to impose your view on me and yet you want to be autonomous by yourself? It was honestly very refreshing. Um, Ravi Zacharias, Frank Turek, um, Chuck Missler, um, David Wood, um, John McRae. A lot of these apologists that I love to listen to really spoke to my heart. Mike Winger too. And so it was always, always, you know, like, because he's assumed Christian, we're all assumed Christian, only God knows what's in our hearts. But because he was assumed Christian, it felt like when he died, there was a great loss in the Christian community because we had lost a good soldier and that heaven gained an angel, even though heaven doesn't really gain angels. <laughs> but, you know, that's how it felt until you hear him in massage parlors. You hear him raping girls, not only raping, but entering relationships with them, saying that, justifying it with people like Solomon and Abraham who were given extra who God allowed to have extra people on the side. And then, and then you're, and then it just shatters your world because then you kind of build a mythos around these people. And because there is a mythos around these people, and for the most part, Anyway, you, you build this mythos around these people and when they burst that bubble, it's kind of hard to resolve things. Now, I know for a fact that I don't put a certain mythos on people. For instance, um, people like R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, I listen to their music. People say that, oh, why do you listen to music? Music from people who are pedophiles or alleged pedophiles and in my head and this is um with all sympathy to the to the victims of this but in my head is i firstly i don't know them personally at least that's how i see it and i just don't see anything wrong with their music they can be horrible as persons but a genius is a genius But I'll maybe put Ravi in a different category. And I said I haven't heard Ravi's voice since he since the the scandals came out of him. And the reason why I distanced my, distanced myself from Ravi was because he was delivering a Christian message. Now I have no problems with a repentant sinner. With a repentant sinner speaking we are all repentant sinners but for the most part it didn't feel like ravi was that it's kind of like he could get away with it 
Now, Lord knows what happened to Ravi in the last moments of his life. Maybe he gave his life to Christ. Maybe he didn't. And that's where I find myself with my dad is that, um, again, a, a mythos. And before I get to that, um, Jim Cornette, a wrestling personality, was talking about Vince McMahon, who has allegedly paid 12 million in hush money for some sex scandals that he had. But Jim Cornette was given the same sentiment, saying that Vince McMahon had an aura or has an aura to him that you cannot imagine him doing those immature things. And to be honest, that is me in a nutshell, is that I grew up with a man who I believed had a mythos to, to him. That obviously we see the faults of our parents and it's very easy to point out the faults of our parents. And, but overall you have arguably the greatest guy you've ever met or you've ever known you know you try to fashion your life the way he fashioned his life but then like i have pictures on my phone of um my dad video calling and having like girls naked old women too and I don't keep that, those photos to masturbate to them it's really really disturbing but I keep them to remind me of the man that I should not be like really traumatizing for me to say that I have actually seen my dad's penis. And so there is always mental gymnastics when it comes to whenever my dad's mentioned or whenever I have memories towards it because then there is oh my dad and then there's ugh, my dad and it saddens me that those genes run through my veins or my bones or wherever genes run and that I'm going to pass them on eventually to the um the unfortunate woman who would have to carry those genes in her belly. But it's very hard to kind of suppress those thoughts because then you have a man who who everybody idolized or who everybody idolizes and they speak great things about him. And to me, all I see is Satan. Again, I have no problems with with a repentant sinner, but there is no evidence that my dad repented before he died because he actually 
violently asked for his phone in order to delete the photos and he was successful in deleting the photos but then he forgot that there are backups on Google and I keep those photos FYI today the 10th of July just in case I upload this on another day was supposed to be my parents' 29th anniversary but that marriage has been a lie for a very long time and the sad thing is that is that I've been going through all these problems by myself and the one thing that I fear right now you are five Two have gone, my dad and my sister. Only my mom, me and my sister remain, my other sister. And the thing that I fear is being left alone and having the two people who have loved me unconditionally leave me. So that's the first thing that has been weighing. Well, the follow-ups and the other follow-ups, including battles with one of his side chicks of a property, um, the legal processes have been <laughs> a hellacious joke, um, and me trying to fund, me trying to fund, trying to find a place to provide for my family because I don't believe in excuses. I believe in actually trying to figure things out and try to make a solution, even if it feels impossible. At the start of the year, I was really, really, really happy because I got to be a they got to be part of a TV studio, a TV show called Oyukanjo TV. And I could preach the gospel. Not only preach the gospel, but actually look at the feedback. Because, you know, I never really know how good I'm doing. Um, I know that there are 20 or so people that listen to this podcast. In honesty, it would make my day if that audience grew if you could share it with people that you know it would be really nice but it's but how to be honest is that it's heartbreaking being a part of producing this podcast and it's fulfilling in the sense that i get to do my god given i get to do i get to fulfill my god given role but then you see audience don't grow, you don't know who likes, except for the one lady that gave me, um, the one lady that gave me a recorded message. You don't really see who actually likes the podcast, who doesn't like the, or, or if 
feels like a majority of you don't like the podcast. And so, to an extent, and I know I shouldn't be focused on numbers, but it's kind of discouraging because then you're like, what am I really doing here? Like, obviously, the spirit man will always want to fulfill the will of God, but um, the flesh man will always want to go for what is pleasurable. And it hasn't been pleasurable a lot of the time. But when I got to do, when I got to preach at the TV station, there was a lot of positive feedback and positive reinforcement. And I don't know if that's the right phrase, positive reinforcement, but it just made me feel like I could do this for the rest of my life. And I really, really, really want to do this for the rest of my life. I'm just unfortunate that I don't know the right people because it seems that's the only way you get somewhere. But I honestly hope that you actually do help me get this message to more people. Because then it would be encouraging. Because sometimes I actually have something in my soul. There's like always a fire burning in my soul that makes me want to say things. But then I look at the numbers, it's kind of discouraging. And I'm only human, in all honesty. It just gets hard. And so I don't want this to be a woe me thing. I'm just explaining as to where I have been. It's really hard. It's really hard. I'm in a very awkward place. Because I... The only thing that I want right now, and I've prayed to God about this, is to be able to provide for my family. But it looks like it's a fever dream or it feels like it's something that is too much to ask for. So I don't know. Maybe it is too much to ask for. But that's the only thing that I want. I really don't care about being famous. Don't want to be the famous preacher Victor Mengler. I'd rather be known for how I took care of my family than to have billions upon billions of people know my name. I've been talking about my book here on this podcast for a very long time and in honesty. There there have been steps that have made me feel like it's going to happen. And there have been days where I've just been really disappointed because there are a lot of unforeseen circumstances. Oh, and and the, the, it's, I can't even use words because then it comes to a place where it comes to a place where you just get frustrated and you just want to disappear. You just... I don't know. You kind of reach a point where, you know, you're... You're too, you're too insane to live, but too sane to take 
your life away. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on, on, on a podcast, but that's just that's just how I feel and have felt for some time. I know it's me sharing intimate details to a large audience, but um, I guess as a, a public figure with only 30 or so people listening to me, I guess I have to be accountable to you. The way Jesus says is that I've done nothing in private, so I would also do as Jesus did and not do anything in private except for the extremely intimate things. Hopefully things will get better. Hopefully I can come to a place where I can teach without feeling any reservations. And I know that there have been pastors that have had it worse than me. There have been preachers that have had it worse than me. And those are the people to whom I draw my strength from. And I don't mean that in a God-means-nothing sort of way, but in the sense that God gives us people in order for us to be encouraged by their stories and their struggles. And so those, that's what I mean, is that through God, those are the people, or through them, I draw my strength from God. So that's the update, I guess, of why I haven't done anything since April. And if it helps anybody, if anybody can relate, this one's for you. Firstly, try not to create a mythos around people. Try not to create a mythos around people because ultimately you're going to get disappointed in the sense that they are just people. Only Jesus is perfect. And only Jesus will ever be perfect. Your mom, your dad, your teachers, me, nobody is perfect. So what are you going to do when that pastor breaks the mythos that you've created of them? Are you going to stay there lost? Or are you going to work towards glorifying God because you know that that man was not the end or be all of your life.
if you're watching this if you're listening to this you can't really watch it if you're listening to this and you're so struggling with having your dreams come true I'm not going to say that if it's meant to be, it will be because sometimes because I feel that removes the responsibility from people's hands. But in all honesty, if you use wisdom, and I believe wisdom is the only way we survive in this life, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, is that if you use wisdom, I'm pretty sure you will you will find a way to make your dreams come true. For the most part, I don't think I used wisdom. I just rushed into things. But in honesty, if you use wisdom, or if you seek it out, you're going to come out the other end much, much better. I always feel that the most important tool a Christian needs is somebody that they can learn from, a mentor, a mentor, however you pronounce it. I feel the biggest reason I fail at a lot of things that I start is because I don't have anybody who has laid the path for me to walk on. And so now I have to be the one to set the path and hopefully find somebody to get off the path that I've set. And the thing is, is the thing about making a road or creating a path is you now have to first chop down trees by yourself. You need to first have um, a, a bumpy road full of potholes. Then you have, and you then get a tarmac and by the time that by the time that you're reaching by the time that you've you're done with the road you may not enjoy it but then the people that are coming after you will and that i guess is a bigger blessing than enjoying the road yourself it feels like a lot of work now but i guess that's i guess that's life is that some people create a path And never use it. Whereas other people freely use the path and create their own path and freely use that path. Maybe I fall in the former category. I don't know. But it's not depressing because at the end of the day, I do it to the glory of God. So thank you for the time that you have allowed me to speak to you. And I pray that the grace of the Lord, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon all of you. Peace.